Welcome to Cow Talks. I'm Chris Pravat. And I am Marcelo Valau, Forage Extension Specialist with the University of Florida. And this is our podcast, where we dive deep into the main topics affecting livestock and forage production in the southeastern United States. From the mainstream media to new technologies straight from our research stations. From cattle prices to international trade. From our pastures and beyond. Join us on this journey as we tackle the main issues affecting our producers and the sustainability of our production systems. My name is Doug Mayo. I'm the County Extension Director and also the Livestock and Forages Agent in Jackson County, Florida. Our office is located in Mariana. And uh, I primarily uh, manage a team, small team of 10 people that serve people of Jackson County and share University of Florida information and provide expertise. Um, and uh, my contribution, uh, again, is the mainly with cattle and forage producers. Fantastic. Doug, appreciate you being here. Doug, he, um, without due respect, you are one of our most senior agents and most That's experienced right. agents. Been with and Extension now. 20, uh, 27 years. 27 years. So you've been to many Ford workers tour, tours. And I was wondering if you can give us a little bit of a perspective, a historical perspective of the, of the event and the importance of this event for our group and also for the producers we're serving. Sure. So it uh, moves around the state, which makes it fun because uh, uh, you get to experience uh, production and all different kinds of environments. And uh, so it's a mixture of uh, conference where we share information about what everybody's working on through research or extension. But then the second day we get to go to farms in the host area. Uh, this year, uh, we hosted the event here in Mariana and uh, had a nice group come up and uh, shared a lot of things that people are working on and key issues and uh, concepts that they're researching. And then uh, our tour day, uh, Jose DeBay and I worked on uh, putting together a group of people that are, are integrating both livestock and crop production. So we visited three farms and uh, got their perspective on how that can work. And each one of them's doing it different. I have quite a bit of research from a major project that's gone here on here since like 2002, where we do row crop farming and cattle production in the same 160 acre irrigated field. From that work, we've seen more people have an interest in trying to integrate cattle production with their row crops. And so, uh, each of the producers we visited with gave us some perspective how they utilize cropland with their cattle production. So one of the I think the one of the highlights of the of the forage worker stores is indeed those uh, farm visits because we get to see firsthand some of the adopters of the innovation that we have been developing at the university with our farmers, and that is very exciting. Um, and this is the example of the crop livestock systems. Uh, how do you see that uh, 
crop livestock systems integrated in a broad perspective in the production systems in North Florida? Well, I mean, it's very clear as you look at all the uh, ag statistics across I-10 through the panhandle, uh, peanut and cotton production are king. That's the uh, bulk of the acreage and uh, a lot of the emphasis here is on that. But there's a long history of utilizing livestock. Um, at one point, there was hogs and crops, but the hog market really disappeared in this area. So uh, now the major emphasis is integrating cattle. Um, and a lot of operations do it different ways. But uh, what we were able to see, um, Jansen Lord has a uh, backgrounding operation where he gets cattle in from all over the Tri-States area and um, gets them ready for feed yards. And uh, part of that is utilizing uh, cattle leases on irrigated cropland. Uh, but he also has a operation where he can feed the cattle. So he, he's got a year-round operation, but his winter program really focuses on utilizing this irrigated or, or even dry land, cropland, with uh, high quality oats and rye and ryegrass uh, that works well with uh, cover crop for these crop farmers, but managed differently, you know, planted heavier, fertilized for forage production rather than just a cover crop. And um, farmers get paid gain. Um, and uh, Jansen's able to prepare the cattle that his company owns and get them ready for sale. Uh, we next went to see Beaver Yoder. And uh, Beaver is has, has a long history of working with crop farming himself, but has become specialized in uh, backgrounding and stocker cattle production. And uh, he has some of his own land, but his during the winter and spring, his focus is uh, utilizing irrigated crop land that he can really boost uh, the growth and uh, so he's, he's taking cattle, he's buying in uh, uh, livestock auctions. So typically these are small operations where the uh, cattlemen can't sell large truckload lots. And so he's buying uh, for 350 to 450 pound calves through the market with a, and putting those together, getting them prepared and then on cropland and then middle of April, He's uh, selling truckload lots of cattle that are ready to go to feed and do well because they've, they've been backgrounded, they've been vaccinated, they, they've been trying to be handled as a group. And uh, so he's been successful making that work. And our final stop on our tour was with Terry Stone. Um, Terry uh, has uh, some... Uh, relations with crop farms, but his his primary uh, interaction here was not with row crops, but with hay production. So uh, he's utilizing perennial peanut that is uh, known for high quality hay, but in the spring of the year, 
Uh, he's overseeding it with uh, ryegrass and uh, raising wean cattle on it and um, getting that early high quality grazing from the perennial peanut as well as the ryegrass. And then uh, later in the year, he's using that same high quality forage to produce round bell hay for his brood cow herd. So he's um, not dealing with peanuts and cotton, but he is uh, balancing hay production and and wean calf grazing. Um, so all three of them had a very different um, customer and input and desires, but the, I think the main takeaway was is that forage production and livestock production can certainly go hand in hand and, and fit with other types of farming operations. Uh, um, that they each shared with us some real challenges that come with uh, this type of thing. You gotta make the timing work. And uh, so it's, it's not the same as land you completely manage, but uh, all of them benefited from superior quality forages and the high fertility of the land they were working with. And, uh, you know, it's one of those that things that you, you, you don't just develop overnight. It's, something that all three of these gentlemen have spent a lot of time fine-tuning and figuring out their systems. And it, it's certainly not easily imitated, but it there's plenty of opportunity. And I think that was a big takeaway from the day. Uh, we saw three examples of people that were utilizing uh, agricultural land in the area. Um, but as we rode around, we saw field after field of uh, irrigated cropland sitting fallow, that there was tremendous opportunity for more producers to work cooperatively to benefit both operations. That's correct. Yeah, I, was, I, would, I would say the very different systems, but all with um, approaching to quality of forage and weight gain. That was uh, very interesting to see. And yeah, of course... Yeah. One of the surprises for me that day, you know, there's always a, something you don't think about, but one of the surprises to me was uh, Jansen Lord is actually working with a crop farmer to provide oat haylage or oat silage. So he's even figured out a way where fencing is not an option and cattle actually on the land is an option, um, but he's still getting high quality feed and uh, working cooperatively with a farmer but the cattle never leave his place. So that was a, a unique approach as well. And I think it, all three of them shared with us that, you know, you got to figure out how it can benefit both parties. That's true. Very interesting systems. Doug, um, one last question. What is the greatest value of this event, the Ford Workers Tours for our colleagues in extension? Well, I think one of the things you know, we, we, we spent a lot of time working on uh, trainings and things for producers, and uh, certainly that's our goal, but it's also a great opportunity when we just can learn and ask a lot of questions uh, amongst our, ourselves and talk about, you know, strategies based on things we've learned. And uh, so there is, uh, you know, there's real merit in having the people that are dedicated to forage production 
get together once a year and and then get some inspiration from some of our top producers at each area and uh, you know figuring out ways that we can work together to you know get messages out to people we learned and and saw and interacted about and uh, so you know the the there's this case that we didn't have ranchers on this tour but uh there's certainly a lot of opportunities of things we can go back home and share from what we saw and maybe even uh stimulate some you know interaction further uh, with individuals as we talk about their own operations thank you for joining us on this cow talks podcast we hope you've enjoyed this conversation if you have any questions ideas follow-ups or comments please reach out to us through our email forages at ifas.ufl.edu that is forages at ifas.ufl.edu or find us on our social media uf.forages on instagram uf forage team on facebook or uf ifas forages on youtube <music>